Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. All right, today we are talking with the 2B1 ministry team from First Baptist Indian Rocks, and our topic of the day is how does your work life impact your marriage, and how do you avoid inappropriate workplace relationships? But before we get started with that discussion, we've got the owners of Chick-fil-A and Seminole right here on the radio with us, Gary Melanowski and his beautiful wife, Sandra, sitting right in front of the microphone. They're both looking at me like, really, Jim, do we have to do this and talk on the radio? Gary and Sandra, thanks for letting us be on location today. Oh, it's our pleasure, Jim. Thank Thank you for having us. Well, we're just so thrilled. You guys have been a sponsor of the show. We're so thrilled to have you here and really wanted to just, just, just talk about a little bit about the mission of Chick-fil-A because you guys are in the news all the time for pushing the envelope on putting your faith out front. So how, how has Chick-fil-A been a ministry for the two of you guys? Well, I think I, I look back at the corporate purpose of which we uh, describe to as well here at our local franchise. And the purpose statement is to glorify God by being a faithful steward of all that's entrusted to it and unto us, and to be a positive influence uh, with all who we come in contact. So that's our purpose statement. So we want to live that out every day. Not every day, because we are closed on Sundays. <laughs> that's right. The yeah. day that everybody craves Chick-fil-A more than any other, Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon. That's right. And then our mission statement is uh, simply to be remarkable. Now, we want it to be a positive uh, remarkable, uh, as opposed to the, to the opposite end of the spectrum. But uh, uh, every day we have an opportunity to live out both our purpose and missions. 
Sandra, you and Gary bought this franchise almost a decade ago. It's over a decade ago, isn't it? Yes, that's correct. About right. 13 years. So it's been fun, right? The whole time, never any doubts. It's always been fun. <laughs> Every day is a challenge, just to be realistic. Um, yeah, but it's it's been good. God's been really good, and he has blessed us beyond what we could have ever asked for or imagined. But it's hard work. So so here's an on-the-spot question. I didn't warn you about this. Gary, what is your favorite item on the menu? Oh, that's easy. I, I like the strips. Uh, and... Uh, you know, I, I know where they are in the, in the kitchen. So. <laughs> All right. Sandra, what's your favorite item on the menu? I guess I would have to say I'm a nugget girl. I love the nuggets. Oh, you guys are just so <laughs> mellow. Man. It's like, I'm thinking Chick-fil-A, it is the cookies and cream shake. That's uh, why we come. Yes. The chicken is very good. I understand. But it's, you know, that I will say good. that the new grilled chicken, the new grilled nuggets are pulling me, though, away from the other nuggets. So uh, that's kind of becoming my new favorite. Those are really yummy. I tried a, chick, uh, a uh, grilled sandwich last week. It was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, very they're good. great. And, Jim, I know you like milkshakes. Uh, we have the peach milkshake that's going on right now for a limited time made with real georgia peaches i i, I think they are from georgia that's right. i'll go look on the i'll go look on the on the bucket all right well listen i'd like to invite everybody out there listening today to come to seminole tonight to chick-fil-a and seminole right at the intersection of park boulevard and seminole boulevard and join us for our live studio audience we expect the audience to fill in here pretty soon but we just really appreciate you gary and sandra appreciate you letting us be a being a sponsor on the show but also letting us take over your lunch or your dining room here tonight. We'll have fun, I hope. All right. we, will have fun. Okay. We'll, we will have fun. All right, so listen, we're going to get on to our topic for the night. Our topic tonight is all about how does your work life impact your marriage and how do you avoid inappropriate workplace relationships? And, and really, this... You know, Tim Ferguson, you you and your wife, Jeanette, Dick and Karen LeBrant, my wife, Martha, we all sat down over three years ago and said, listen, our church needs a marriage mentoring program. What are we going to do? And then, Tim, you and I had, had probably one of the most fantastic divine appointments ever. We were all sitting around trying to put together a program for the marriage mentoring based on all of our years of volunteer experience and we come up with all these great ideas and, and Tim you and I were ready to you know start moving forward with getting the curriculum going and God cold called our church why don't you tell the audience about that well we got a we got a call from uh, a, a secretary out of Iowa uh, saying that her boss was down in this area and would look would like to come um, would, would just like to come meet us and tell us what he's doing and and so I, I said yes and then he he showed up um, and it was it was Matt Lair uh, from Dare to Be Different, and uh, he he showed it just talked about what he was doing in in churches all around the the country, and it was exactly what we had been praying about, exactly what we were planning, and uh, and yet somebody had already done it, and um, and so we 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 followed through, heading down for some training, and uh, we've had him down a few times now, and uh, we've got about 20, 20 to twenty five trained mentor couples at uh, at Indian Rocks. Uh, to, to help couples um, get better in their marriage. Yeah, you know, one of the things that recognize out there, uh, the listening audience today, what we're talking about today, the Dare to Be Different Marriage Mentoring Program that at Indy Rocks we call 2B1 Ministries, that program is available for any church around the country. So if you've got a church that doesn't have a marriage mentoring program, just write down my email address and we will connect you up with Matt and Pam Lair from Dare to Be Different Ministries and they can tell you all about the marriage mentoring program. But when Matt sat down and said, here's exactly what we're going to do, we can train mentors who have never had 
had any experience to lead a couple through learning how to communicate from uh, you know, uh, learning how to communicate to start off with, and then come to uh, conclusions on issues that were conflict between them. And, and he said, well, I could train anybody. We've got all the questions here. We've got all of the answers here. We've got the scripture cross-references. We can, this is basically, so that's a bad word to say, but dummy-proof. This is super easy. And he is delivered. Dick and Karen, you guys had done marriage mentoring for decades. You guys had been around working with couples for a long, long time. What do you think about the Dare to be Different mentoring program? Don't fight over the microphone. Go ahead, Dick. We were excited because we had uh, kind of been winging it for years. I mean, just using our own experience. Uh, Karen and I uh, drawing on our many years of marriage. And uh, when Tim told us about uh, Matt and showed us an outline of what it was, we thought, well, this is going to take about half the work out of what we need to do. Wasn't that right, honey? Well, we uh, had a, a lot of fun reading all the different marriage books, and uh, our pastor was just so gracious over the years to send us to every marriage uh, conference there was in the area. So we went from one marriage counseling um, class to another and kind of put it all together and, and work, worked it in our marriage. And through the years, we were able, like Dick said, to help others along the way. But it was so much better when Matt arrived because it was all compact. It was all together. And it took away a lot of the stress. And we were just so excited over it. And we're just pleased to be a part of it all over again and see it rolling like it is. Really quick, we got Jeanette Ferguson also with us, Tim's wife. Jeanette, what, what have you thought about the program? you got a real short 15 seconds. Well, I think we, we all felt like we just didn't know what we were doing. We had a passion to help the couples, but we're like, Oh my goodness. So this just helped us know exactly how to guide them and direct them to better their marriages. All right. We are live and on location at Chick-fil-A Seminole at the intersection of Park Boulevard and Seminole Boulevard. Come out and see us and eat more chicken. All right. Uh, Tim, you were going to do the moo sound. That's right. Okay. All right. So we are here. We've got a, we've got a big tent out front, right along uh, Park Boulevard. That is, uh, we're doing giveaways. We're doing giveaways right here in the the dining hall of the dining room, the dining room at Chick Fil A. But come on, see us, Chick Fil A and Seminole. All right. Listen, we're getting ready to have a discussion that you need to listen to. If you're married out there and you work, this is a conversation that you need to listen to because we're talking about how does your workplace impact your marriage and how to avoid inappropriate workplace relationships. Relationships. All right, we have the 2B1 Marriage Mentoring Ministry Leadership Team from First Baptist Indian Rocks. That is my wife, Martha, Tim and Jeanette Ferguson, Dick and Karen LeBrant. All right, guys, let's hit it rapidly. Let's start hitting, hitting some of these things, just, and everybody can just jump in but be nice to each other. What are some of the biggest issues that we deal with as marriage mentors that are that are we see our couples struggling with that they're bringing their work home and it's causing issues with their marriage? What are some of the things you guys are seeing? Well, I think one of the biggest things right now is just the economy is so tight, and it, it, there has been so much job change going on for people that um, the uncertainty of knowing whether you have a job that's going to stay and bringing that home and bringing home the financial uncertainty, or um, maybe they've had to take a different job with less pay, 
um, just that financial strain weighs so heavy when you come home. I mean, because it's both of you. It's not just something you're dealing with at work, but if you bring it home and you've got to um, figure out how to handle that as a couple. Right, and right here in Pinellas County where the unemployment was really, really high during the recession, and it's still really high because a lot of people are underemployed. They're making less money now than they've ever made before, and but the, yet the bills haven't gone down any. In fact, the gas is up, the food is up, everything is impacted by the gas prices, and a lot of people are working one and two jobs. So all of a sudden, Dick and Karen, what does that cause when, when husbands and wives are working all these extra jobs? What kind of stress does that cause at home? I, I think it's it's just it exacerbates everything. They've got they've got the childcare to worry about. You've got both spouses are working. You don't know what the job responsibilities are at home. You got who's going to cook, who's going to clean, who's going to take uh, care of the kids, get them up in the morning, pick them up from school. And we see it all the time with uh, couples. They're just they're just stressed out. And this 40 hours a week is a thing of the past. I mean, they're working 60 hours a week, and they're working. Both of them are working. So we're talking 120 hours. I mean, the stress is terrible. There's a lot to do. There's a partnership's got to be built, and they've got to divide their jobs. Uh, we see it all the time, don't we, baby? Mm-hmm. All right, Tim and Jeanette, when, when you guys are dealing with couples, and you've, you've dealt, I mean, it's, it's important to note that Tim and Jeanette and Dick and Karen deal a lot with uh, pre-newlyweds. You know, they're dealing with a lot of couples that are engaged, getting married, but Tim and Jeanette, we've all been on both sides of this. What are you guys seeing as one of those biggest stressors that the people are taking from the workplace and its impact in their, their marriage at home? Don't fight. Go ahead, Tim. You go first. Okay. Well, I, you know, I think one of the things that that happens is is um, is, is people bring their work home and and they, and they just they just begin talking uh, talking to their spouse about all the different things that are happening at work. I know one of the couples that we that we mentored that that was probably one of the biggest issues. Um, just the, and it was it was the negativity things that that they were that they were bringing home and it was mm-hmm. it was driving one of them crazy. Uh, just having to listen to it all the time. So just unhappiness with the job. Jeanette, what are you hearing? What are you seeing? Well, what, what I'm hearing from some of the women is that the husbands are treating them the way that they treat their employees. Mm-hmm. And they want to be treated nicely, not with that same tone. And, and that's, a hard, that's a hard thing for, for, the, for the men and for the women. Because, you know, she's like, I just want somebody to talk to, you know, and, and, and share with. And, they're coming, and some of the husbands are coming across rougher. And they're like, well, that's just the way I am. So, well, how, the balance. How, and how do, they, how do they make that transition? Because if we're working 50, 60 hours a week, which I've been doing that for the last six years, you're working 50, 60 hours a week, and if you have a short commute and you only have 15 or 10, 20 minutes to get home, you're still really wound up when, you're, when you get home. How do you make that transition from super intenseville all day long to, okay, I want to be a normal human being and be nice to my spouse? How do you make that transition when you come home? I, I've been accused of, of treating my spouse like a like my employee, and so um, that's it is something that's hard to do. And I got about a two minute commute, and uh, so it, it it is it's hard to unplug and and everything. But the reality is, you just you just have to do it. You have to be intentional, mm-hmm. uh, Jim. I mean, you really have to concentrate on it on the ride home. Mine was only like a 15 minute drive, but. Uh, I had to literally shift gears mentally, and I had to concentrate on it. And I know when I got home, a lot of times Karen would have a problem, and she'd tell me about it. And immediately, I just fired off. I tell her how to fix it, <laughs> and she she would tell me that's not exactly what I'm looking for. I just sort of hoping you'd listen to me and and be sympathetic. And it took us uh, not very long, about ten years, to figure that out. <laughs> but uh, you've just got to know when uh, when and how to speak and. Uh, how to change your mind. Uh, I was a middle school teacher and uh, 
a lot of nonsense there, and I had to I had to change my gears when I got home and not treat Karen like a middle school um, student. Well, you know I can relate to that teaching middle schoolers, and I know that I'm still going to counseling for those that one year I taught seventh and eighth grade math. Oh my goodness! You know, I, I love the word that Dick said, intentional. And I think one of the things that I think about often when I've had a stressful day, maybe I met with vendors all day, or you know, just was in a zone that just was very intense. Um, really praying and just saying, okay, Lord, I can put that behind me. The doors are closed in my office right now, and I'm going home to my family, and I need to be all Amen. that I need to be for my family as a wife and as a mother um, to my kids, and really um, having to pray through that because that's not an easy thing to switch gears, you know, and um, and trying to then quit letting it be so intense when you're at work, you know, allow don't allow yourself to get that worked up over things, but to take it in stride. Yeah, what do we? How do we counsel people? Or how do we give people advice on? You know, today employers expect you to work as long as you're awake, and sometimes even when you're sleeping. I mean, your <laughs> phone is on all the time. We've, I've got two, because one wasn't enough. I've got two iPhones. My computer is always on. I'm re, I mean, people expect me to return emails or text messages all the time. How do, you, how do we encourage couples to disconnect? Because in today's world, that is virtually impossible. I'd like to answer that. Uh, we okay, had a, Karen, you go we, ahead. We had a couple. We run bases with uh, the ministry um, material, and men love running bases, first, second, third, and then you get home. One of our couples, um, she had a big problem. Her husband was only coming home once or twice a week for dinner. And we always work for a compromise as we run the bases. And he finally, after being on third base way too long without a good compromise, did compromise for three nights a week to be able to come home with the children and have dinner. And I think that is one of the biggest problems today because uh, people are coming home so late uh, they're either eating on the way home or they're grabbing something to bring home. Uh, it, it's just, it doesn't give you the time to come home, sit at a table, uh, have conversation with the kids and, and you and your spouse. It's just um, something, something there needs to be done. And in that one counseling session we had, there was a compromise from one night to at least three nights a week to have dinner. And that brings up one of the first secrets to a successful marriage that you just brought up right there. The secret to a successful marriage, number one that we're going to bring up tonight is eat dinner together. Amen. That's not only a secret for your successful marriage, but also a secret for having healthy children. And they can do it at Chick-fil-A. Yes, they can. Tonight, tonight you can come on out. That's right. Tonight you can come on out and eat at Chick-fil-A right here in Seminole, right at the intersections of Park Boulevard and Seminole Boulevard, and you can eat more chicken and have a cookies and cream shake. That's my favorite. Okay. Listen, let's talk positive there for a second. What are some positive things our home life can bring into our work life? Well, I've got something to say about that because I was a housewife for quite a few years. And the one thing, now we've been married 48 years, so we're going to go back a little bit. Did you guys have running water back then? Yes, we did. Okay. And in, <laughs> inside toilets as well. Um, but one thing uh, I was always taught, my mother said, fry something, if it's, if it's bacon or if it's onions, anything to make the house smell good for your husband to come home to so he knows he's coming home to a home ready for dinner. And I practiced that because... We had a lot of bacon, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we did. 
But um, it, it set the stage for our marriage, and that's one thing I always did was I had something smelling good for my husband when he came home for, for dinner. But now that was before I started working. All right. So but what, what are some other things? I mean, we talk about that positive. What are some things at home also that we can bring back to work? What, um, just talk about them. What, what are some things you guys send back to the office? Well, it just I think I think one of the things that you have to do, getting back to the other question though, is is turn the cell phones off, or maybe t- not turn them off, but put them away. Uh, we literally have just begun to do this at our home, and and it's um, called this cell phone free cell zone. phone free zone. When you're sitting there watching TV, you know now we do break the rules occasionally, and but 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 but, but we literally have started to do that uh, do that, and I haven't missed any emails. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, you never miss the emails or the text messages. It's good to step away from that. Mm-hmm. But how do we, you know, sometimes there's positive things at work that we can send to the home because home may be stressful. What are some of those positive things from work that we can send home? Well, I think if you just feel really fulfilled or you've had a great day or made a major accomplishment, you know, and you just um, can carry that home and just allow yourself to enjoy it. We're talking about how does your work life impact your, your married life? Guys, what are some of those negative things that come home from our work lives that impact our marriage on a daily basis? Martha, what do you think? Well, one of the things I was thinking about, we were talking about bringing work home emotionally and you know, with the frustration or however your day was, but actually bringing work home. Um, bringing home, you know, uh, paperwork that needs to be done or approved or things like that um, is a real danger, and I'm incredibly guilty of that all of my working career. Um, just feeling like, oh, there's one more thing I need to do, and I'm going to bring it home, and 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 I've, you know, completely encouraged on that time with my family. I've been meaning to talk to you about that, honey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, Jeanette, what about you? Well, I I think that. That's very, I've heard that a lot, you know, bringing stuff home. So I'm only working part-time right now, but I decided that when I'm done at work, I'm done at work. And if I have to stay a little bit longer, I stay a little bit longer and I just get it all done because I don't want to be thinking about it. It's too easy to be home thinking about it. It It can take over. So trying to leave it at home. Well, leave it at work. I mean, excuse me, leave it at work, leave it at work. And uh, even if I just have to stay a little bit extra time, leave it there and just know, okay, it'll be there when I get there. When I come back, it'll be there. It'll be waiting for me. <laughs> All right, Dick and Karen, you have the privilege of being retired now, which we're, we're fantastically jealous of that. But you're dealing with couples all the time. What are some of those things you're seeing they're struggling with, with their work life impacting their married life? I think it's the uh, um, time spent. I, I think they spend too much time at work today. Uh, most of the couples I've talked to uh, work in 65, 70 hours a week. I know on a, on a hard, on a really hard week when I was uh, employed, I was with the school system. I mean, it was a typically it was like a 50-hour week would be a tough week. But uh, I think they're just worn out. The ones I see just worn out, and uh, uh, they don't feel appreciated at work. And you can feel it's, it's a, like an underlying malaise in their life that just uh, overcomes them. And uh, I see it oftentimes. And also I, I see the uh, anxiety. They want to switch jobs, thinking there might be a better, uh, better situation somewhere else. And I myself personally, I just used to go to work and just enjoy it. And I'd come home and tell stories about what happened at work. I would, again... Uh, on purpose, I would think about it. Don't know. Maybe I had a, a, a built it into me, but I said earlier, you know, intentional. I would come home and tell Karen crazy stories about what happened. But I was a school teacher, so there was always something funny happening. But uh, some bad times, yes. But um, uh, I, I just see so much tension and so much pressure in the young couples today. And I. Okay. 
Well, I, I think we talked more back then as well. I mean, uh, it has been mentioned that you turn your, your telephones off. Um, Dick and I, when he came home, we did. We talked all the time. Or uh, he would take the kids out in the yard, and we'd sit out in the yard and talk. But today, with the different schedules and the demanding uh, jobs, there is so little downtime at home. So, you know, you've got the interference with the TV. You've got the interference with the telephones. You've got texts to um, respond to. Uh, something's got to happen. It's too busy. It is too busy. Tim, what about you? What are you seeing? You guys have been, you, you're mentoring a lot of people. What are you seeing as one of the biggest struggles people are having in, in their work life impact in their married life? Uh, I, I said before, just I think it's just the frustrations, which, which, and, and I, I think too, um, sometimes just stressful jobs. Uh, we, we, we've mentored some couples that just have some stressful jobs, and, and they, they bring that home. And I think that's a that, that that's a real um, real thing that happens. But I, I think more than anything, just the frustrations. It's it's tough to it's it's tough to leave them at the door. All right. So that you but you segue into a good topic. What are what do we do when our spouses are struggling at work? They're maybe mis miserable is a strong word, but they really don't like their job. And so when they come home, they are really wound tight and they're really feeling negative. What do we what how, what kind of advice do we want to give the listening audience on? How do they support their spouse through that job that maybe they absolutely have to have because of today's economy? They need that money, and there isn't another job. How do we? How can the spouse be supportive when the spot when the other spouse is just miserable in their job? I really like Karen's idea to fry some bacon. <laughs> no, but I think being intentional on the other side too, and saying, you know what, what I had to deal with isn't that big of a deal. I want to really try to be there for my spouse in whatever way I can especially if you've communicated during the day and you know it's been an extra tough day or something to you know be a little bit more purposeful about your dinner plans or just not having extra things going on and and uh, being able to you know just help them relax well and if that bacon that you're frying up tastes any little like that bacon we had last week at the sand pearl that was sugar coated bacon it was the most amazing yeah. bacon ever in the whole world it was the best part about the whole meal it was out, outstanding all right so what else what are the things we can do when our spouses are struggling well, I, I think some of its perspective too because mm -hmm. I think sometimes we can lose perspective on our jobs um, and and, and you know, we, we we tend to not like something and, and um, instead of realizing what that job is doing for us and uh, I you know it, it's it's we are um, um, I mean my, 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 my job supports my family and whether well, I don't don't like it sometimes but guess what it's it's a it's a blessing uh, to me and I, th I think sometimes we just lose perspective I would agree and it's yeah. hard to keep perspective sometimes and, and, and encourage them through that you know to be able to say remember you know last week this really good thing happened because it's so easy to get tunnel vision when you're in a in a stressful position Dick yeah and I, I think they um, it's so many times where where I see it it's it's the man who seems to be we're, we're more aggressive anyway and the man gets an attitude and I think it's important to keep things in balance and realize that that uh, regardless of what is let's just say go with the 60 hour a week that leaves a lot of free time and you have to actually think about enjoying yourself when you get home you have to think about enjoying your kids when you get home you have to think about loving your wife when you get home you can't just fall into a negative attitude and stay there you've got to concentrate on the other part of life 
which is most of life. You know, if the job takes over, I think one of the questions I glanced at earlier was the fact of getting out of balance there where you don't look at it right and you take your job too seriously. You know, your job is not your life. You're going you're gonna to live a long time. And I just read a, 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 a retirement thing saying, you know, you better get ready, buddy. You're going to hit 60-something. You're going to be unemployed for 20 years if you're You don't get to retire healthy. at 60 anymore. Okay. Listen, and I think that 60-hour work week, that one of the things that drives that is, is the financial decisions that these couples make today. They've got big houses. They've got car payments. They've got huge mortgage payments. They've got college tuition they're paying off. So when we come back, I want to talk about how do those financial things force them into these jobs that maybe they're miserable and where if they just had less debt, they could have a job maybe they enjoyed more. We are live and on location at Chick-fil-A Seminole at the intersections of Park Boulevard and Seminole Boulevard right here in Pinellas County, Florida. Come out and see us and eat more chicken. All right, listen, we, we, are, we have with us today the owners of Chick-fil-A Seminole, and that is Gary and Sandra Melanowski. They're here just to talk about two incredibly great new products they have on the menu. You know, for me, as you've heard in my commercials, every week, for weeks and weeks, my favorite is the number one, because I love that standard original chicken sandwich with those cute little pickles. It doesn't even need ketchup. It's unbelievable. But you guys have a couple of really exciting products. Sandra, tell us about your new favorite. My new favorite is the um, char-grilled chicken, or the grilled chicken that we have now. We have the new nuggets and the new grilled sandwich, and uh, we have all kinds of wonderful fresh salads with blueberries and strawberries and all kinds of yummy ingredients. So we're real excited. We have a market salad that's uh, really good and it's really healthy. We have a um, new Asian salad. You can have any of the chicken products put on it, but I really like it now with the grilled chicken because that's a great healthy option. And uh, we also have the Cobb salad. So we have some really great alternatives to those who maybe are just trying to count those calories and watch those carbs. So good stuff. I don't know. Do people go to Chick-fil-A to eat healthy? I am sure they will now. They will now because it is. I had the grilled the grilled chicken sandwich last week and it was fantastic. But Gary, you lean a little bit to a different direction. What's your new favorite product? Well, I'm going to tout the uh, the grilled chicken sandwich. I Wait a minute, you said on the break. Mentioned it. On the break, you said peach shakes. You love oh, the no, peach no, no. shakes. Well, I I do love a sample of a peach shake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, the twenty uh, ounce yes, sample. That's right, right. right. But that is—it's uh, for a limited time only. We do have that peach milkshake, and we've had it for several years in a in a row now, and it seems to come back every uh, spring on into the summer. So please take advantage of that. But I'll tell you what I really want to mention is the new iced coffee products that are coming next month. Mm. In fact, um, uh, do you have about, any of those for us to sample? Well, not yet, oh. but. Uh, at 1 o'clock uh, tomorrow morning, I'll be back here letting some folks in here to uh, start retrofitting um, our front counter, our drive through area, to be able to uh, offer those products. And those will be coming up again uh, June the 24th. But don't hold me to that date yet. But that's that's a big, exciting uh, new addition to the menu. You heard of Tampa Bay. June 24th, we're having iced coffee <laughs> products. All right, but Gary, you were going to highlight the grilled chicken sandwich. And I, okay. And I, and I right. interrupted, Jen. I'm sorry. No, but no. I, I, I just wanted you to be honest and well, transparent on the radio. Right. As, as a chain, we're just getting some momentum going. And But let me describe it for those of you who are hungry. Here at uh, 5.52 local time here in Seminole. It's a boneless breast of chicken marinated with a special blend of seasonings and grilled for a tender and juicy backyard grilled taste. Served on a toasted multigrain bun with green leaf lettuce and tomato 
and then we'll serve it with the honey roasted barbecue sauce. <laughs> so does that, does that you know, it's really, get you going It there? gets me going, and we still have another hour of radio, so we don't get to do that. <laughs> All right, well, Gary and Sandra, okay. thanks so much for hosting right. us today. We're right here, live, on location at Chick-fil-A Seminole, right at the intersection of Park Boulevard and Seminole Boulevard. Come out and eat more chicken. We've got the audience picking up. We've got all kinds of people sitting down listening to us. we got good friends. We've got Ken Thompson in the audience today. we got Big John Norsworthy, and, of course, my gorgeous daughter, Sarah Brangenberg, Lynn Ewanitis from WTIS. We've got people all over the place. So, all right, back to the marriage mentoring team. We were talking right before the break about how uh, finances are one of the reasons why why these kids are working these 60-hour jobs because they've got so much debt. they got big house debt. they got big car debt. Some of them still have college debt. they got credit card debt. they got all this stuff. And so the reason why they stay in these jobs, which they're maybe not happy with, is because they've got so much debt. What impact, Tim, are you and Jeanette seeing when you're working with couples? Uh, what impact are you seeing that the, uh, that the debt is causing these couples? Well, I, I think I think anytime you have debt in the in your in your marriage, it's gonna it's gonna be a stressor, uh, no matter no matter what it is. And I know I know Jeanette and I early on we had we, we had debt, we had credit card debt, we had two car payments, we just we had it all. And 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 uh, we, you know we we heard a we heard a, a program one time about just about getting out of debt, and we made a commitment. And it took us about two or three years. And but once we got out of debt, other than a house, I mean we are striving for that as well. But once we got out of debt, we we've stayed out of debt. And probably one of the I think one of the the, the best word that I heard, and I've heard it it had over 20 years ago now, was it's not how much you make, it's how much you spend. And if you can keep that in check, Amen. you'll be all right. I think we ought to repeat that one. Repeat that again, Tim. That was good. It's not how much you earn. It's how much you spend. Absolutely. All right, Jeanette, add on to that because you've been in those same meetings with Tim. What are you seeing from a woman perspective on how that debt is impacting marriages? Well, yeah, I just I, I think there is a lot with the children as well. Everybody wants to be having the children doing all these different activities and different, you know, the school, the, the, the club teams that they're on, and, and uh, I think that the ladies need to, to take perspective on what really is important, you know, with where, where they're spending their money, you know, because we're just, we're so busy, like we were saying before, so it's not just busy with our works, but we're keeping our family too busy, that which means we're eating out more, and for some reason it's just so easy to just just swipe that card, just swipe that card for all these activities, all these things that everybody's involved in. And it takes away from the home, from being at home. We're too busy, and the business is making us spend more money and putting in debt because it's easier to do that to get through that day. But 10 years later, where are we? Right, and, that's, mm-hmm. that, and that violates one of those absolute secrets to a successful marriage. When you are going out and you got all these sports activities, you never get to have family dinner. Mm-hmm. And you need, Dick, that hat is just absolutely <laughs> distracting. Dick LeBrand has a cow on his head. It's <laughs> unbelievable. But that, it is absolutely so critical to have these family dinners. Yeah. And so th- we, we got to make sure we don't violate that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's let's talk about some of those other keys because one of the things that we're, we're seeing that a lot of couples just aren't spending enough time talking. Yeah. Jim, I got one. Okay, uh, just go ahead. Just one of my, my pet peeves and I've been preaching it for almost 40 years and it's a uh, it's called delayed gratification <laughs> and uh, what we have today is a is a, a, a 
a whole society that wants it now. And we found out we were we were so broke when we got married. And I went into education early on, and the education is known for low pay. Low so, pay, but high gratification. High gratification, and we we couldn't buy the the things that other people had. We had to use cars. Yep. All right. Well, listen, Dick, we'll follow that thought forward, but I really appreciate what you guys are saying. Listen, we're, we're going to start closing out the show, but keep in mind, listeners, we're going for another hour. We're live at Chick-fil-A, Seminole Boulevard, Park Boulevard in Seminole, Florida. But here, listen to this. Are you looking for a way to invest in your marriage? Are you looking for a way to get a, looking for a way to get away as a couple? Ever been on a marriage retreat on a cruise ship? Can you imagine five days without cell phones, children, and without cooking a single meal? Investments in your marriage can last a lifetime and create a legacy that carries on to your children. I urge you to email me or call me about the second annual Cruise Your Way to a Better Marriage sponsored by I Work For Him. That's next February, February 5th through the 9th of 2015. The Days at Sea will focus on biblically-based instruction and conversations with other couples who also want to invest in their marriages. But it's limited to just 20 couples. Cruise the Caribbean and work on your marriage. This is brought to you by the ministry of I Work For Him. For more information, contact me, Jim at IWorkForHim.com, Jim at IWorkForHim.com. Or you can call the studio at 855-265-2929 for more information. Next week on the I Work For Him show, we'll be talking with Oz Hillman, one of the founders of the Workplace Ministry movement from back in the 90s when people started waking up and realizing that when we go to work we take our Christianity with us into the workplace we'll be talking with Oz about his book Change Agent and about the Change Agent Network Oz Hillman is one of those founding fathers that you need to hear from about how to bring your faith into the workplace Tune in to find out how you can be a change agent in your world. All right. My sponsors are people I trust, people you can trust. Please do business with them. We want to thank today to the Christian Chamber of Commerce, Tampa Bay. Ross Harrop with C12 Tampa Bay. Luke Andrews, Mortgage and Real Estate. Dan Geyer with Direct Hits Management. Gary Milanowski and Sandra Milanowski, Chick-fil-A, Seminole Boulevard, and Park Boulevard right here in Seminole, Florida. That's where we are today, live for another hour. Eric Most with Most Insurance, 2B1 Ministries, Marriage Mentoring for All Couples, and, of course, Jim Brangenberg with Platinum Information Services. Look for the links to their company websites listed on our website, iworkforhim.com. Okay, listen, we've got a minute before we go out to commercial. Is there anything else anybody wants to say about how do we avoid letting that debt impact our marriage i'd like to say live below your means dick and i have done that all our lives and whatever he made we would have a special amount we threw towards the mortgage and we didn't have a mortgage when we retired 14 years ago and it was the greatest thing ever and that is fantastic mm -hmm. and that's what we want to say if you spend less than you make you won't go into debt we are on location today at Chick-fil-A in Seminole, Florida, right at the intersections of Park Boulevard and Seminole Boulevard. And we have with us today, in, live in the dining room, the 2B1 Marriage Mentoring Ministry Leadership Team from First Baptist Indian Rocks. And we've been talking about how does your work life impact your marriage. And during this second hour, so if you miss the first hour, you got to go back and listen to the archive. We're talking about some of those things you can do to avoid having your work life impact your marriage negatively. And also how you can send some positive things back home. Now, during the second hour of today, we're going to talk about how do you avoid those negative, uh, those 
inappropriate workplace relationships we all know and hear about. You know, they make TV shows specifically about how to have those inappropriate workplace relationships. We're talking today about how you shouldn't have those inappropriate workplace relationships. But what we're, we're like I said, we're on location today in Seminole, Florida at Chick-fil-A, and they've got a banner out front. We've got a tent out front where they're doing giveaways. We're doing, uh, the inside we got giveaways. Kara's Christian Books and Gifts is here doing giveaways. So come on out, eat more chicken, and as Gary Melanowski said, also eat a peach shake with genuine Georgia peaches in it. And as Sandra Melanowski said, hey, but get a grilled chicken sandwich because they are delectable. So we'll all be trying those after the show, but in the meantime, let's get back to our discussion. How to avoid inappropriate workplace relationships. Okay, guys, we're all seeing it. We're seeing it, and it really, unfortunately, it seems like what I like to call the collateral damage. It doesn't matter, unfortunately, whether the person is a is a professing Christ follower or a non-professing Christ follower or a non-professing Christian. These workplace relationships destroying marriages happen all the time. So let's start talking about what are some things, what are some of the symptoms that you can see when you think maybe one of those inappropriate workplace relationships may be blossoming? What do you start to see? Well, I think um, one of the things that you, you've seen in movies and you've heard in different places is that you find a coworker that is willing to listen. Mm-hmm. And um, if at home you're not getting that talk time, you're not spending time together doing things, and then somebody in your work environment is willing to listen to you over lunch or you know when you're having a break or whatever, and you're discussing your problems, and they just seem to be that caring ear, that is a first you know temptation or a, a problem with a relationship building maybe in an inappropriate way. And that's one of those keys where the number two key to a successful marriage. Number one was eat dinner together. Mm-hmm. Number two is make sure you spend time talking each and every day mm-hmm. because if you're, you and your spouse are talking about things that are going on in your life, you're less likely to have those inappropriate conversations with a, somebody else, somebody else's spouse at work. All right, what else are you guys seeing? How, how can they avoid those inappropriate relationships? Nick and Karen, what are you seeing? I we talked about this oh, yeah. early on. I was I was in a um, job where there were a lot of the um, it was more of the opposite sex than than there would be in a normal job in, in education. I started off in elementary education, a lot of young ladies, and in um, on when I got higher up in education, there's still a lot of uh, ladies there. And I I just told Karen um, based upon what I was learning as a Christian that um, I said it's there's a lot of temptations out there honey and I said I want you to be active in my life I said I want you to come visit me in my classroom I want you to come to the school functions we have I want you to come to the concerts that we have I want you to be there with me so so everyone can see that I'm uh, happily married so I would dress up every month or so and stroll into his classroom give him a big kiss We'd walk down the hall with our hands, hand in hand, and uh, Grandma always taught me how to put my makeup on, and I always did my hair. So when we got married, I kept that up, and I, I, I always prided myself in looking good, as good as I possibly could, for my husband and for others uh, so that, as well. So that they knew. Yeah, they knew. They, they knew. And, and I advertised. I had pictures in my classroom of my whole family. You advertised. That's I right. talked about my family. Uh, they knew exactly where I was coming from. And then later on, uh, as I grew in my Christianity, I was the uh, daily bread 
um, provider for the for the whole school. There was um, I, I would give out uh, probably 60 copies every month. I was in the first classroom by the parking lot, and they'd come in. So that was kind of a you know mm -hmm. a, an example. They figured daily bread. You know, the guy even if you didn't tell him, the guy might be a one of those Christian nuts or uh, at least a religious nut. That's right. That's yeah. right. Okay, so Tim and Jeanette, you guys, Tim, you work in a church environment, but it's in a church environment where there are hundreds of employees, and you guys have some very good rules that you set down in, basically, in your church employment, saying, okay, here's ways that we are put into place to, to try to avoid those inappropriate workplace relationships. What are some of those rules that you guys put down for your employees? Well, we, we put these rules down because I, I don't, these, these things don't start a lot, most of the time, intentionally. They, they start just gradually and get worse worse and worse and I just one of the things that we have laid out and I, I did this before I came to work at the, at, at the church but uh, just ne never never have a meal with a person of the opposite sex uh, by yourself and I heard Bruce Wilkinson say it you know guys never never have a never have a meal with with a woman unless it's your mom if you're alone and, and so I mean I think that's just a good practice to be in something else we do is you never ride in a car alone with, with the person of an opposite uh, of the opposite sex and it's just it's just little boundaries like that 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 um, that you have to do and sometimes it gets challenged, but you, but you just have to do it. And, and Jeanette, how have you liked those rules? And yeah, well, well, before Tim was at the church, he was in the business world, so there was a lot of women involved, and he had an expensive account, so he was, you know, told to go out and entertain. So, um, thank goodness we did what we're involved in a, in a church and we did start to hear these things I think young couples need to hear this because just like Tim said it's not something that we go out looking for it happens and they're like oh oh but it must be good because it, it just happened we didn't go looking for it it never it never is something we went out looking for it just happens you know and your emotions get involved and then you think it's okay so to be intentional and know okay I am not going you know I knew he wasn't going to be alone in a car with a woman he wasn't going to take a woman out to lunch really really made me feel more peaceful knowing that you know this was what we were um, doing as a couple you know, oh, and we're getting a little love oh, right now. But we're getting those genuine Georgia yes. peach shakes delivered to our table. Tim, Thank those two you. are for you. Gary's favorite size. Yeah, the Gary's size. Well, this is the sampler size. That's right. I don't know. Okay, okay. Well, we got a little off topic there for a second. Okay, Martha. Well, I was just thinking about back to our marriage mentoring. And one of the things that is so neat about the program is that at the beginning, the couples sit down and they take a survey and they answer questions about, um, you know, how they feel about certain questions and one of the things that I've seen uncovered is just the naivety of people not realizing that their relationship with an, another friend of the opposite sex or a co-worker has become offensive to their spouse that they just don't realize that um, what the other person what it may perceive be perceived as so I think that um, uncovering that in talking with the spouse, with the other mentor couple, and talking about what kind of relationships do you have, and are they inappropriate? Are you putting them above your spouse, or does it give the perception? Because perception can lead to other things, you know, down the road. Yeah, and that's I think bad. I think it's probably one of the weirdest things that we've seen, Martha, in our marriage mentoring is we had one couple where their husband had a best friend who was a woman, 
And the woman had a best friend who was a man, and they were in their wedding with them. I'm thinking, that doesn't work. It yeah. just is not, not going to work. Because your best friend, when you get married, needs to be your spouse. Well, and in the moment, it may seem to work just fine. But again, it's setting those boundaries and saying, you know, this isn't healthy. This isn't the way God intended it to be. Um, and and putting boundaries around even those relationships. And, you know, we, we've told the couples, we've said, you should not have any close relationships with the opposite sex, a close friendship. And, they, and nowadays, they'll look at us like we're crazy because they don't think that it's going to happen. But we'll say, no, you, you shouldn't have. If something good happens to you, if something bad happens to you, you need to think, who am I going to call first? Who am I going to call first? It should be your spouse that you're going to call. And if you're in a close friendship with somebody else, you might think, oh, well, I'll text them real quick. No, that's, that's a key right there, red flag. Who are you going to call first when something mm-hmm. good or bad happens to you? Well, and okay. I think we talked about it last hour, but one of the things that's really leading to some of these inappropriate workplace relationships is we spend more time at work yeah. than we do at home. I mean, some people work, like Dick, what you were saying, we got a husband working 60 hours and a wife working 60 hours, so they get 120 combined hours out of the, out of the work week. They come home. They're tired. They spend more time at work, so there's more there's more danger uh, for, of those relationships getting uh, fostered, as well as if those kids are traveling, if those married people are traveling, on the road is the most dangerous place for a marriage because marriages are susceptible to so much stuff when they're on the road. It's especially dangerous, Jim, when you've got... Uh, even more so today than when, when uh, back when I started working. Uh, you've got as many um, uh, women today in the workplace as you do men. And normally what you do, you dress for work. And uh, so you got men dressing for work and women dressing for work. Well, what happens if a woman's chosen to stay home and she's going to stay home and she's not going to dress up to take care of one or two or three children, right? So she's going to be maybe unmade in the morning. He goes and these these women are all dolled up because they want to look good and get promotions. So he works all day with these really sharp looking women and he comes home to his wife who's been beating herself to death with three kids. <laughs> That's right. And there's, there's, the a, there's an obvious difference. We're live and on location right here at Chick-fil-A Seminole Boulevard and Park Boulevard in Seminole, Florida. Come out and see us and eat more chicken. In fact, we want you tonight to eat more grilled chicken and drink a peach shake right here at Chick-fil-A. We've got with us the owners of Chick-fil-A Seminole Boulevard, Park Boulevard in Seminole, Florida, Gary and Sandra Melanowski. Gary and Sandra, thanks again for letting us be on location today. Tell us what's the latest, what's the greatest going on here at Chick-fil-A? Why do you guys love working here every day? Well, you know, originally, uh, Jim, I was in the airline industry and spent uh, spent 20 years in, in that uh, in that world, and um, got to appreciate uh, serving passengers to a point. And uh, there were just a lot of things in that that world that just uh, really took their toll. But uh, service continued to to be available, obviously, and in, uh, in the Chick Fil A world. So. Uh, uh, you know, the, the company uh, back in 2000 when we started down this road just really appreciated its values, its, its biblical background, and, and really wanted to be part of that. So I would say the overall reason that we love being part of Chick-fil-A is, is what it stands for, uh, the Cathy's and, and who founded, uh, founded the company. Uh, just really, you know, their values, uh, ours aligned with theirs, and uh, 
uh, starting from that, having the opportunity to, uh, to, to own a business, and just uh, all of it came together, but serving people uh, and seeing the satisfaction that we can provide for them, that's, that's really gets us charged up from day to day. Absolutely. Okay, now Sandra, you were talking earlier about one of your new sandwiches. Why don't you tell us about that new grilled chicken sandwich? That new yummy sandwich is so good. It tastes like something you cooked in your backyard on your grill. It's a boneless breast of chicken marinated with a special blend of seasonings and grilled for a tender and juicy backyard grill taste. Served on a toasted multigrain bun with green leaf lettuce and tomato. And we serve it with our uh, fabulous honey roasted barbecue sauce. It's yummy. And partnered together with Gary, what kind of shake do you have right now? What's the highlight shake at the time of the year? Well, it's the peach milkshake. And uh, we'll have that for several months. We're probably in about the middle part of uh, our tenure for it. So uh, come out and get it while we have it. And it's got genuine Georgia peaches right in there. All right. Well, thanks again to Gary and Sandra Melanowski for hosting us here at Chick-fil-A in Seminole, right there at the intersection of Seminole Boulevard and Park Boulevard. Come on and see us. Have some dinner. Eat more chicken. And we're talking about how to avoid those inappropriate workplace relationships. And we've got about six minutes left until the bottom of the hour. Who wants to chime in on what are some of those keys, what are some of those uh, uh, suggestions we can give our listeners today on how to avoid getting sucked into a relationship that damages their marriage? Tim, why don't you get us something? Well, I, again, I, I think it's setting boundaries um, in, in, in the marriage, and it's, 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 I think it's making the decision now of what you're going to do when you're confronted with, uh, with, with a situation like that. Like I said uh, earlier, you know, the, you, know you, sh you should never, never share a meal with a person of the opposite, opposite sex by yourself. Um, you shouldn't ride in a car with a person of the opposite sex by yourself. It's just it's just something to, to determine right now. I know I, I've I've gone to lunch with with some some female counterparts and we all, and it's it's at least two of them. So we so we go and there so it's not you know what doesn't wind up being inappropriate and uh, I think you have to set those boundaries. What are some other things, Dick and Karen? As you're dealing with couples, we've all seen divorce statistics. We've all had friends who've gone through divorces. We've all had friends who've gone through divorces because they had inappropriate workplace relationships. What are some of the things that you see that led to those things? I can say innuendos. It's something that we uh, stayed away from purposely, but a lot of people are willing to be very uh, crass with innuendos. It, it usually, in our experience, it usually starts with conversation, and, and they, it's a, a, a kind of like a game. It's a tit for tat, and the the uh, it, it goes upward and onward to uh, inappropriate uh, comments to each other. So it's a it's a language uh, or verbal combat almost to start with. And so if you if you guard yourself, guard your tongue, like the Bible says, and you don't allow yourself to even go there verbally, you're going to have a much uh, better time of it. There's less of a chance of getting hooked by somebody or getting into a relationship if you just guard your mouth, guard your tongue like James says. You know, it's, it's a, your tongue is a thing of fire, he says, and uh, when you start playing games with somebody, you're in trouble. Well, I think what's, what's a different thing today than when you were teaching uh, back there is this texting thing, because you can get texting back and forth with somebody that's of the opposite sex from work, and at first it may seem innocent, but a lot of times, all of a sudden, one of the best ways to fight against that is make sure your spouse has free reign of your passcode on your phone so they can see who you're texting to make sure that that's avoided uh, because that's something that can really lead to trouble because it could start innocent and all of a sudden you get into this thing that they call today sexting. 
which uh, starts sending inappropriate pictures. And it just leads down a very difficult road. Karen, you look well, like a person. Have, we have a son and daughter-in-law with four children, and that is one of the things they implemented in their family right from the very beginning of the computer coming into the home is that mom and dad would have full reign over watching what they where they went and husbands and wives were able to check each other's sites whenever they wanted to so they knew they were going to be checked yeah Jeanette what are you thinking you've got some I know you've got some thoughts what are some ways we can avoid these inappropriate workplace relationships well you know I, I know that we're all Christians here and I had just written down earlier intentional prayer and I think we sometimes because we're Christians we don't talk about it as much in our marriage I, I'm, I'm just being honest right because we'll talk about it with our girlfriends you know and in a Bible study but when it comes to our marriage we need to be intentional about prayer we need to be intentional about you know like we were talking before if there's problems at work saying I'm gonna pray for that or praying together about it and that's gonna bring unity in there and putting that boundary you know around and uh, I think very very often um, it's intimidating for the couple to pray together um, well you know I, I you know I tell my girlfriends oh I'm having this situation or that situation right you know, you know Jeanette um, we train with our mentor couples when they come in one of the first homeworks we you give homework every time you mentor a, a couple and one of the first nights we always tell them go home and learn how to touch each other hold hands and pray together and come face back to face. face to face and then we ask them to come back and then we ask them you know do how they to how to go right learn how to touch each other we're talking hold hands and pray we're not right. they've already probably figured exactly. out the other part of the touching okay all right but here's here's something that Martha and I have seen a pattern of you know we all work so much and then these people feel like they got to go work out and we have seen time and time again that the gym, whether it's, you know, it doesn't matter which brand it is, that the gym is a cesspool of encouraging adulterous relationships. I mean, have you guys seen that in, in, in talking with couples? Okay, I'm getting these blank looks. I know they have. Well, I'll just, I'll just say this. I, I, I don't go to certain gyms because... Um, you're worried it, about getting picked up? It, it bothers it bothers me. You know, I mean, I see I see some uh, dress there that's uh, very provocative. Or the and undress, that's correct. So I so I avoid I avoid certain gems. Jeanette, you were going to say something. Well, well, I I I just think that um, we have seen a lot of that, a lot of that. There's a lot of groups now, and it's kind of like being involved in the group, and it's you know a team, and we're working together, and. Um, it becomes more important and overwhelming for them to get that done. One of our favorite things is after church coming to Chick-fil-A. You can't come to Chick-fil-A. sitting and just talking with our friends. Outside it's Saturday of the, night. It's uh, Wednesday night. I, I was going to say outside at the picnic tables. Gary, did you know people that come in here be, sit at the picnic a, tables on That would be on a Wednesday evening. On a Wednesday yes. night. Not Sunday. Okay. All right. We just want to make sure Chick-fil-A is. mention that was uh, a Wednesday But it's service. a great idea is, yeah. after church on a Wednesday night or Saturday night coming to Chick-fil-A. Have one of those new grilled chicken sandwiches and a peach, milk, peach and a, milkshake. And a good old-fashioned catch-up with your friends. You just sit here and you talk about everything. You talk about life. You talk about your grandkids. You talk about your own kids. You just you visit like they used to do in the old days. People used to you have conversations. Yeah. It doesn't happen much anymore. Well, you know, talking about conversation, one thing that's a basic that we haven't mentioned is the couple communicating. And one thing that we were taught early on, and we tell the couples, especially if they have young children, is that when you're well um, 
I'm a stay-at-home mom. But either way, either, you know, I'm part-time. But when you come home to have the first 15 minutes, and they look at us like the first 15 minutes, we're like, yes, the first 15 minutes, you guys are going to talk. We're not going to, you know, talk in the kitchen with everybody. We're going to go somewhere. So it might be on the backyard. For us, it's usually upstairs in our bedroom. But just to have 15 minutes. Now, sometimes it's 10, sometimes it's 20, sometimes it's 5. But just to know you have a little bit of you're, time. You're hitting it right on the nose. The, the first uh, mentoring we did was from uh, a, uh, uh, a group called Growing Kids God's Way by Gary Esso. Um, and you all were in our class? And, and one of their kids, their he kids was are a baby. Up. Right here, he They're, was a baby. And they yeah. look so normal too. Raised, That's good. That raised by growing kids God's way. But one of the one of the absolute keys that you just mentioned, Jeanette, was do not let your children interfere with your life. You've got to keep the kids at bay and change them from a young age that they can't come in and interrupt at will. They've got to be set apart and say, I'm here for dad, or dad says, I'm here for mom. Now go away. I'll, I'll be with you in 15 well, and or 20 minutes. There's a very easy way to take care of that dick that's called a lock on the door. That'll, that'll well, work. That's appropriate for a couple of things. Number one, encouraging good conversations. Number two, encouraging good non-conversational time. And I think that's probably one of the other things that... You know, when you have these little kid times you know, where your kids are really little, when, when a husband comes home or a wife comes home and these kids have been pulling from them all day long, that uh, to make sure that you have showered when your spouse comes home from work. Uh, I make sure you done look present. done your hair. You look, you look appropriate. And those are for those people blessed enough to be able to have one spouse or the other get to stay home. But it's also good to make sure that you are having that. Well, there's money crossing the table. That's really good. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, it, it does. It does go back to inappropriate relationships at work because if you're not putting your best step forward at, at home, it is going to be, there might yes. be something more attractive. So you have to be intentional. You do. Of, you know, maybe fixing up, maybe the guy not, you know, walking around in his in his boxer shorts. Don't walk around <laughs> in them. Well, Don't do I, it. And, and, but I have, I have told Jeanette that I really appreciate how she has just taken care of herself. And that, and she and she wants to. Look well, well you, you said I appreciate you taking pedicures because you've seen some ugly toes. <laughs> <laughs> that too. I don't think that's what he said. He said take care of yourself. <laughs> Somehow we got to toes on the radio. Well, the pedicure helps the situation. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let's go back to the workplace. What are some of those others those other signals that a spouse can look for that maybe an inappropriate relationship? could be starting. What, Martha, what do you think what, when you hear that? that the, just some signs. Um, I, I think that if they, you know, just getting disconnected, finding other interests, you know, just things that if you are losing connection with your spouse, um, it's really important for you to work on that and then to just talk, have the questions, have the conversation, say, hey, what is going on? You know, who... I had something interesting happen just probably three or four months ago. And I noticed a, a woman kept coming up to Dick. And um, I took note of it after a second or third time. And I took Dick aside and we just had a little conversation. And he was not aware of it, but I was. And I think, you know, being aware of each other and uh, keeping each other in check. And, and well, I, I was shocked. I mean, you you wouldn't expect. I mean, I'm a grandfather, number one, and I don't. I. But you are good looking. <laughs> I think so. That's up for. And up, you still have hair. Up for debate, but yeah, I have hair. But 
But we just, we had a long conversation over it because I didn't even realize that at my age, I turned 70 a, a, a day ago, and I didn't realize at my age that something could happen or develop. I mean, you've got to be on guard your whole life. And when she told me at first, I was, I was kind of tickled. I, I was, uh, <laughs> yeah, I kind of appropriately so, but you were tickled. Well, I did. I, I kind of laughed inside, and I thought, yeah, I've but still you, got but it. But you say that you didn't, you didn't think it was possible. But my parents told me a story of somebody from their church that just got a divorce after celebrating their fiftieth wedding anniversary. Well, there, that my point is that, and when she told me, I, I mean, I, I felt like she poured cold water on me. I thought, are you serious? She said, do you think about it? And I thought about it, and I thought, oh wow. There's been occasions, and, and we're a hugging church. A couple of inappropriate hugs there. Not that I thought they were inappropriate, but my wife sure let me know they were inappropriate. Well, and I think some of the other signals that we're looking for is, let's just see if your spouse may be texting, and you're like, well, who are you texting? Ah, just somebody from work. If, if you see some distracted behavior, some disconnectedness at home, you know, maybe phone calls where they take a phone call and they walk into the other room, uh, you know, just to be looking for those signs, yep. and that's when all of a sudden the spouse that's at home that's seeing that stuff should go, hey, I need to be spending more time with my spouse. I need to be getting engaged with with my spouse to find out, hey, what's going on? Because a little conversation can stop an inappropriate relationship. I, mean, I, I, I think I think one of the things you just said there is that, is that I need to get in touch with my spouse. I think probably the one of the biggest things that probably happens is that we expect our spouse um, to change instead of us change. All right. We only have a short time left. They're passing food around. People, we still have talking to do. All right. Let's get back to our discussion about how to avoid inappropriate workplace relationships. We've talked about that. There's lots of clues that the biggest thing is the spouse that thinks that there may be something inappropriate going on to talk to the other spouse and to confront them in a nice loving way saying, hey, it seems like we're a little disconnected. But now we need to talk about the marriage mentoring program at First Baptist Indian Rocks. We call it 2B1 Ministries. Tim, how does it how does it work? How does how does 2B1 Ministries work? Oh, you got food in your mouth. Okay, go ahead. No, I put it down. I can just smell it. So. Um, you know the the, the two be, the, the marriage mentoring is, I, I think the best uh, the best description of the whole process is that it it's it's conflict mediation, and and people you know whether they want to admit they have conflict or not, when 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 you have a disagreement over over uh, your des over desires over expectations over things that happen, you know, you're going you're gonna to have conflict. And, and a lot of times you need somebody else to help you walk through that. And, and that's what this mentoring does. It, it, it helps us communicate better. It helps us deal with financial issues better. It helps us deal with all kinds of things that are happening in this marriage relationship. And it just exposes them um, and, and, and lets the mentor couple uh, help each couple walk through the issues that they're having. All right, so how do people find out more about the marriage mentoring at Indian Rocks? At, at Indian Rocks, uh, you can you can visit uh, IndianRocks.org. Uh, that's IndianRocks.org, and if you click on Ministries, go to go to Two B One uh, Marriage Ministry, and um, and and you'll you'll find out all there is to it. Uh, there's a there's a video of of Dare to Be Different, which is Matt and Pam Lair. Uh, also, I think something that that's just fantastic uh, that just happened uh, in the last couple of months is that Dare to Be Different has partnered with Love and Respect, and I think that's gonna that's gonna be a huge uh, partnership now and in the future, um, and it just it legitimizes 
dare, dare to be different on, on a huge scale, and uh, and, it, and it brings another aspect into this ministry that is going to be uh, just, I, I think, fantastic for years to come. All right, so here's what I want us to talk about. How, what, what kind of results have you guys seen in couples that you've mentored and how their marriages were turned around? Martha, why don't you start off with a good example? Um, I think that... Hmm. Boy, picking one to talk about. I think one that just recently that we heard a testimony on where they um, just chose to go through the program purely to um, get a better handle on what it was all about. And they knew that it would strengthen their marriage, but they didn't feel like they were in crisis or anything. And that's the beauty of the marriage mentoring is that this isn't... It is great for people that are really, really struggling, but it's also just great for people that say, you know what, I want to really do something to just strengthen our marriage. And this couple just went through it, and they said they were amazed at just what they learned and just a couple of things that they took away that were agreements that they had come to that they said, we're going to do this differently in our marriage, and they couldn't talk enough about it to their friends. And that's what it's all about. It's not about waiting till you get to the point of crisis, although it can be there for that. But all of us just taking the time to learn some new tools, because that's really what it is all about, is learning tools that we can then take home and practice. Jeanette, you got a good example of, of a couple that's been impacted? What, well, what I, I love what you're saying, because I think maybe for us, we were mentored as young couples, and we were told, you know, go and seek some conferences and go in and seek, um, you know, more tools to strengthen your marriage. And that's exactly what we've seen. For the couples that are doing well, is that they want to strengthen their marriage. So, and then the couples that are doing not doing well, sometimes they're like, "Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't even know if this is if this is going to help." You know, um, and and it will. But to to not wait till that point is really crucial because if we're working on working out, like you were saying, if we're working on our job, you know, doing training, why aren't we taking the time? Why aren't we taking eight weeks? to talk about all these specific things because we'll talk any everything from communication to intimacy to money in-laws. to in-laws to family you know all these different things that are our life so it, to invest in it and that's when we really what the cool thing is to see couples that are doing well but go through it and like oh wow we really had a good conversation about whatever it was you right. know and it opened it Dick and Karen give when us an example when you have um, the opportunity to bring in a couple into your home and love on them, talk about life with them, um, let them see some of the things that um, they may not uh, be aware of. Going through this program, it is, it's a relaxing situation, it's a praying situation, and there's a lot of love and a lot of laughs and just a lot of fun. Okay, give an example of a couple that you've seen an impact made. Well, we've, we've got one couple that we've been actually mentoring. Uh, it's not this program, but it's the exact same thing. And it's, uh, in fact, is I'll give his name. He wouldn't care. His name's Brad Graham, and we've known him. He was in our youth group uh, probably 30 years ago. And Brad still comes up. Recently said to me, would you come to our class? Uh, classroom, and would you give a testimony about how you survived at this church? I mean, how you lasted so long, or why you've been here for 35 years, and what your plans are. Brad says to me all the time, he thanks me just for talking with him. You know, mentoring is, is having conversations with uh, young individuals. I know in, in First and Second Timothy, you know, 
uh, when Paul encouraged uh, Timothy not to be ashamed of his youth, but also later on in 2 Timothy, you know, it said to respect your elders and uh, show honor to your elders. And, and I've got several people in the church that honor me, and it's a, it's a, we're like scratching each other's backs. I'm giving advice, mentoring. And they're saying thank you. And these are young men who don't have older men to look up to, generationally speaking. And that's something that's so desperately needed. Now, Tim, you and Jeanette have done a lot of mentoring with engaged couples. And you've had some couples go through the mentoring process that realize maybe they weren't meant to be married. Because it would actually maybe save them a divorce in the future. Talk about some of those. Yeah, we, uh, I mean, Jeanette and I have not had one that, that did not get married. But we've had two mentor, two or three mentor couples. I remember the first one called me almost in a panic saying we, we we failed we we made a mistake i said well what what happened and they they said well the, the couple that we started mentoring we've met with them three times and and they're not coming back they're not going to get married now and i looked at them i said you just you you just saved them and, and so th this this process actually brought up stuff that made two people realize we're not going to be able to spend the rest of our lives together uh, like 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 we're called to do is when we say I do and and it and it saved them and it, it and it's happened two at least two other times that I know of and and uh, so we've made sure we let the mentor couples know hey listen that's not failure that really is success right. yeah that's you fantastic know, Jim, go ahead one of the things that Dick just said that just um, it reminded me was just the fact that there are a lot of couples that don't have anybody that they can talk to on a serious level that they don't have that deep relationship with and it opens the door for a safe place to talk and a lot of them have said that the value in that has been tremendous as well and, and how, how many really cool. what how many married couples need mentoring Every, 100%. Every one of them. All right. It's not. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength to actually go into a marriage mentoring program. All right. And this next week on the I Work for Him show, we're going to be talking with Oz Hillman about his book Change Agent and the Change Agent Network. Um, Oz Hillman is a founding father of. Hang on, you guys got to switch microphones. He's a founding father of the Marketplace Ministry Movement. Tune in next week to find out how you can be a change agent in your workplace. Thanks today to the Chick-fil-A of Seminole, Florida, right at uh, wow, Park Boulevard and Seminole Boulevard. we got Gary and Sandra Melanowski. Thank you guys so much for having us on site today. Once again, our pleasure, Jim. Thanks. Our pleasure. It is always their pleasure to yeah. serve you right here at Chick-fil-A. You know, and your favorite, your favorite shake, Gary, I know I've mentioned it a couple times on the air. Vanilla. It's vanilla, <laughs> of course. I haven't put words in your mouth. Sandra, tell us one more time about that grilled chicken sandwich. That yummy delicious oh, don't read all grilled that. chicken Just, salad. That's right. That's all it was. It's the yummy, yummy grilled chicken. Yummy, yummy, yummy. It's backyard flavored grilled chicken. It's and awesome. It's healthy food yes, at Chick-fil-A. Very healthy. That's fantastic. All right, well, I want to thank you guys for sponsoring us today, for being allowing us to be on location. It's been fantastic. Great, great. Glad thank you came. Thank you so much. All right, all right. All right. Thank you all. Also to my guest today from the 2B1 Marriage Mentoring Ministries team from First Baptist Indian Rocks, we've got my wife Martha, Tim and Jeanette Ferguson, Dick and Karen LeBrand. Thank you to all of you. It was a pleasure having you guys on the show today. Listening audience, please take time to like us on Facebook. Just search for I Work For Him. Thanks to Mike and Todd for running the controls, keeping me on time, and helping us to have our first on-location show. Listen, if you found today's show inspiring or challenging, could you let me know? Jim at IWorkForHim.com. You've been listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. I'm a business owner. But ultimately, I work for him.